Hey, everybody. Welcome to What's Up with Pastor Chuck. And I feel like this is going to be a special podcast today. And uh, by the way, we have another special one coming pretty soon. I haven't picked a date yet, but Lauren is going to perform for us. Uh, we're going to do an acoustic uh, time. Lauren is one of the most amazing singers with such a pure sound, uh, but also heartfelt in what she does. And uh, today I learned that she's a fashion uh, guru. Like you go to Lauren for fashion. That's what I, I learned today. I did not know that. Uh, but you are cool, so it's not that I didn't think it could be true. But uh, yeah, there you go, Lauren. So maybe we'll have a podcast on fashion. And you can give like advice on that, and, and that'd be really, really cool. Uh, but we actually now are talking about leadership. And uh, so we're three weeks into how, just some things about leadership, because leadership does matter. And leadership ends up being a changer, a game changer uh, in so many people's lives. And I believe everybody, to one degree or another, is going to be called to lead in one way or another. Uh, and so the first week we talked about a Christian, uh, a follower of Jesus is going to be a servant leader. So we don't, when we're talking about leadership, it's not about bossing people around. Uh, it's about really seeing people for who they are and, and helping them discover their purpose and discover their gifting. And so I have three leaders who do that in amazing ways. Uh, three men who I believe God has anointed with amazing leadership and gifting. And uh, so they're here with me today. And so we're going to talk about just a, a young leadership because compared to, <laughs> compared to me and everybody in this room, uh, I'm the oldest. But uh, anyway, so I, I thought it'd be fun. So I have Sawyer McKenzie here. Sawyer is over our high school ministry uh, and is a gifted, gifted communicator and comes to us all the way from the state of Alabama. Uh, is that right or what? Yeah, yeah. Alabama roll tide. 18 times national champion. I can say that now. Just won it. So. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, proud. all us USC fans can't say that. <laughs> all right, so anyway, I, by the way, you're the one who told me about Lauren. That's right, yeah, well, I, I guess, I mean, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not big into fashion. I wore cowboy boots to school every single day in high school, but I moved here, and, and I hung out with Steve, I know, and he, he was trying to get me to wear skinny jeans. Now I'm wearing skinny jeans, but apparently Lauren moved him on to baggy pants, so <laughs> we were just talking about how Lauren knows so all the fashion tips. So now you got to follow into the exactly. baggy pants. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, because Stephen McKinley is a fashion icon. That's right. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, and uh, Stephen leads our JHM ministry, which is so incredible, and also comes to us from um, New York, uh, Long Island, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. We don't have a football team, so <laughs> we're, we're, we have a hockey team, but we're not eight-time champions, but yeah, from Long Island, New York. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, I get that. So that's really fun. But uh, it's really fun. And uh, Noah Berrigan uh, leads our SIA ministry, uh, college young adult ministry. Uh, and also, Noah also leads our Spanish ministry. Uh, and Noah and I have been friends a lot of years. Uh, we go way back. Yeah, since like, wow, when I was in high school. Yeah. 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 And so, I'm, a, I'm a Southern California guy, so I didn't come out of state. The only team we have is the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we got a new quarterback, though. So there you go for that. But the thing about this is kind of fun is all three of these guys met their wives here at Crossroads and married amazing, amazing women who are leaders in their own right, right? Yeah, and, and just really powerful, powerful women. Uh, that, By the way, it's cool that you guys are not threatened by that. 
So, all right, leadership. I'm going to ask you the first question. Ready? Uh, and I gave you a heads up. Not being able to name anyone in this room. So uh, you can't name anybody who's in the room. You can't name Marlon. All right? I know all of you would have probably named Marlon right off the bat. Uh, you can't name Marlon. But who is a leader that you look to? And what is the one thing you could probably say you would most want to learn about them or be inspired by them for? I can go first. I, I, I guess it depends on the area of expertise. I have a few people. One of them is Brian Loritz. Recently, I just got to see, uh, he wrote a book, The Dad Difference. I'm a dad, and I want to learn how to be a better dad. And the way that he has shaped an environment for his kids is like no other. His book's incredible, and he's mentored me from far off. He doesn't even know this, but he has. Uh, he's one of them. And then another one is Andy Stanley. I love him for his clarity. Uh, the dude can just bring clarity like no other. Uh, and I think uh, on staff right now, uh, sorry, you, you told me to name one, but I'm going off. Um, Talia Murray, she really challenges me in the way that I think. She's completely different than I am. And I love having her in my corner because she always challenges my thought process and uh, helps me really uh, execute in ways that are different than I would ever like imagine, you know, so she's really sharpened my leadership. And I would say those three leaders have really influenced me. That is really great. Three choices, I think, including Talia. And I uh, love how you spotted that and then grow in those areas. I can see in you why you're drawn to that. I really can. So that's a good thing. Steven. All right. So I'm going to go with people you didn't say because I want to make it fresh. Uh, I'm going to go with Carrie Newhoff. Oh, uh, yeah. Carrie Newhoff is someone that Talia put me on to and uh, I read up uh, his blog every single morning and his videos and he's just an incredible leader and he's very relevant um and so he's always talking trends and things that are going on in the church um and so me learning and i'm young and i want to know all those things as well how i could better um lead my people and so carrie newhoff would be that and then also our boss talia um is an incredible leader and she is such a learner and she's willing to tell you whatever it is but she gives you great feedback as well. And it's not just like, oh, you did this wrong. But it's like, hey, here's how you can do it better the next time. Now, that, and I think that's a sign of an incredible leader who's not just not only did uh, what you did wrong, but to say, hey, okay, what, what about another step? What about another solution that you could take or another direction you could go? Which to me is leadership. Absolutely. You know? it challenges us in a, in a very good way. And I'm super thankful for that, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to pause too much in between each of you guys because I want you to talk. But to me, one of the great dangers is sometimes people think leaders are good at pointing out mistakes. Anybody can find out something wrong. Anybody can point out a mistake. That's not leadership. <laughs> As a matter of fact, uh, very often that could be the opposite of it. It's seeing what could be better and then going for it um, and then energizing people to do it. So, all right, Sawyer, who's your choice? Uh, I've been blessed with some incredible leaders in my life. Uh, when, when you ask the question, my dad comes into my mind. He, he has had such an impact in my life. Talia, our boss, is, is the best boss I've ever had, no doubt. She's incredible. You had her on your podcast, and she's amazing. But when you ask that question, two people that popped into my head right away when I was thinking through Church of the Highlands, where I came from, yeah. um, two guys that really impacted my life, um, Steve Blair and Hamp Green. And if you go to Church of the Highlands website, you might not see their face on, on the front page of their of the church but they make such a big impact behind the scenes and I got to experience that personally and it's really cool to see Steve Blair um, he he pastors campus pastors at that church and when I was going into my last semester of college uh, he sat down with me he's super busy 
but he told me what to look for in job openings, what to look for, red flags, what to look for in a leader, what to be passionate about, asked me about my passions, my desires, told me about calling, uh, Ham Green, when I was in college, he came to our campus and, and invested in me and answered my questions and poured into me and even checked in with me. Um, and really, really cool guys who do so many things behind the scenes with intentionality, not craving a mic or the spotlight, but just pouring into and investing in people. They made a huge impact in my life as far as ministry goes. And honestly, I don't think I would have come to Crossroads Church if it weren't for Steve Blair. He, he talked to me about this job opening and, and was like, this is a good church. This is a good leader. You need to go to that church. So those two guys impacted me in big ways. You know what? I think you picked out something for Steve Blair. And I got to meet him because, yeah, right. because, of, your, because of your dad and mom. I, I, I forgot about that, actually. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, but that was incredible. He really is. He's humble, very, very humble, but yet also very confident, which is that, according to Jim Collins, that level five leader that has a balance of real humility, but also great confidence. And um, I, and those two become amazing strengths together. And um, I, I think without a doubt, uh, I love that. Church of the Highlands raises up leader after leader after leader. We got you from there and, and, and feel so blessed to have that happen. They're such a good church. I love it. But uh, I'm, I'm a Crossroads man now. So Crossroads Church all the way. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You brought up Kerry Newhoff. Uh, by the way, if I had to do a shout out to the, one of the more recent interviews, it was the one with Rob Palenka. The, uh, by the way, we do have a champion team the Lakers and uh, he's the general manager strong Christian man and man that that is the leadership podcast to know in he and Kobe Bryant were best friends so it's very timely for that all right so one of the things we're really big on here is we want to equip empower and energize leaders uh, and so that's the goal, to equip, empower, and energize. And I think if we're not doing all three, uh, then something's missing. Um, so for each of you, I'm, and we're going to say something good about Crossroads now. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't want to be a boss. Anyway, um, but, but, but how, when's the time you felt like we really did it right with you or um, that moment happened where you're not only equipped, but then you were empowered to go out and get to do it, and then people cheered you on, energized you in doing it? You want us to hit all three of them? Uh, or just and, a moment, the well, story. I mean, I'll, I'll start. I'll, I'll, I'll steal Talia, though, okay, because I'm going first, so I get to this stuff. <laughs> um, so I actually, we just talked about this right before the podcast started. Going into uh, COVID and quarantine, a lot of weaknesses came to the surface in my life, just, just things that I had been able to ignore for a while, whatever it was. Not sinful things, but just struggles that I've had that I've just been able to kind of ignore. Talia did a really good job of equipping me to handle those things, kind of calling them yeah. out of me, saying, hey, I think this is something that because you're being forced to work from home in an atmosphere that you you're not used to, it's time to, to work on this area of your life, both with your personal relationship with God, both in your pastoral leadership, both in your community, all these things. And she really equipped me with what I needed to do that. Then she empowered me and, and gave me opportunity and, and even challenges to go out and actually do it. Not just, not just equipping you like, hey, here's something you can do, but like, here it is, do it kind of a thing. Like it, it wasn't just the, just the knowledge, but the, the actual opportunity. And then she does a good job of, of with the energizing part of it, um, focusing on the why and, and thinking of and, and drawing my mind to, it's not just about you, Sawyer. It, it's about the students that you're leading. It's about the calling on your life. It's about the God who sent his son to die on the cross for you. And so to energize me through the fact of, I'm not, you don't need to do it just because your boss is telling you to do it. 
But here's why it's important. It affects you on multiple levels. It affects other people on multiple levels. And, and she does a really good job of all three. That, that's one meeting with Talia. Every meeting, <laughs> all three of those things. So that's, that's how Crossroads does that in my life. Okay, so one of the things you brought out, I liked it all, but I want to center in on one. I'm going to give my own wording. So you make sure you, you make it very accurate to you. But um, we, at a time of need, became a safe place for you to be honest. And to me, how important that is that to your being able to be a very a leader with integrity and a leader who has honesty? How important is that to you? Crucial, crucial. And I've grown, I've grown more during quarantine than ever before, not because of quarantine, but because of leaders in my life who, who empowered me, equipped me, and energized me to do that. And to give me a place where I was able to talk about it in our one-on-ones. Talia has a one-on-one with me every single week. And she always starts with, she doesn't get straight into business. It's always, how are you doing? What is Jesus talking about you? What are you struggling with? What are you doing good in? And it's like, per, I don't know if it's the same way for you guys, but she, she brings it out of me and, and talks about it. And it, it, it gives me a place where, where I'm able to not only feel safe about it, but actually like really dig down and think about stuff that maybe I'm ignoring or just pushing aside. And, and because of those conversations, I've grown more than ever before. I mean, it, it is crucial to my growth for sure. Yeah, I feel like that when you start understanding leadership and looking at great examples of leadership, you see how important it is that you have the freedom to fail. <laughs> you know, that to me is a big deal. Um, and and I mean, clearly there are moments where you, it might even be a tougher one. But overall, just those failure moments and then having someone coach you, be with yeah. you through it. Yeah. And I don't want to steal from you guys, but when, when, when she asks about the struggles and I'm honest with my struggles and I'm like, ah, I didn't do so good in, in with this message or with that life group or with whatever it is. She's not like, well, you're fired, you know, or like, mm-hmm. well, we got to tone back your responsibilities. She, she talks me through it. She prays me. She's like proud of you for, for dealing with that stuff. And, and so it's not a, it's not a punishment driven conversation. It's a, it's an empowering, it's an equipping, it's, it's energizing. It's really, it's really good. Well, see, I love you said that. I want to get to you guys too, but you said it's energizing when you can get into yeah. those kind of times like that. Yeah, that really is true. Steven. Yeah, I would say, uh, the thing that comes to mind would be you giving us opportunities, uh, to speak. Um, I think we have a really good process of it. You're not just going to go up there and be like, Hey, you're going up there, but it's like, no, you're preaching your message in a sermon prep where it's going to get torn apart and it's going to get come out even better. Um, and so I think, you know, out of all my friends, I, I went to college with a bunch of guys that do youth ministry and they're like, you're the only one that gets to speak in the main church. None of them get to do that. They're like, your church really believes in young people. And that's what I love about this church. They, we genuinely believe in young people. It doesn't matter you know, how young you are, we are seeing the potential in you and we're calling that out of you. And we're going to walk you through that and we're going to equip you. And um, I think as we're talking about equipping, energizing and all of that, that is something that I uh, really hold on to. And I see that in you. I see that in, like you were saying, Talia and just the leadership in general as a whole. Yeah. And by the way, uh, uh, one of the things I love about each of you guys is you're really amazingly gifted by God to communicate God's word. So what's fun is whenever I get the word out to people like, oh, this week's Stephen's week or Sawyer's week or Noah's week, uh, usually people are like, oh, they get so excited about it, you know, which I love. I love that. And I love watching what happens in those moments. Uh, You know, you just uh, alluded to something that I feel like is a strength we have here. And that is whenever someone gets an opportunity to 
preach. They, they have a team of people that surround them, and we call it sermon prep. <laughs> it's like being thrown in the lion's den, and then we've rubbed meat all over you. <laughs> I'm kidding, but uh, but you got to go in with uh, some thick skin, uh, not because anybody's going to be mean, but because they're they're going to say, well, that wasn't clear, or that wasn't understandable, or or that could have been better, and and uh, so I mean I do that. Like if anybody doesn't know, I I put myself out there to do that too, uh, and so um, I love that you love that process. Yeah, I mean it just you know when you're going up there that it's been through so many different people's brains and eyes so many people have seen it and heard it that you're going up there with a more confidence because now it's like you're giving me feedback and whoever else is in the room is giving feedback and it's just so helpful that I'm not just going up there and preaching what I think the bible says but there's so many different takes on no I, I believe this is what it is and also you're not telling us what we need to do it's not like you need to change this this and this it's more like hey here's a thought that I have do what you will with it but it's not like you need to change it in order to get up there yeah, yeah, that's that tension we have in that time because um, for me, I, I, it's it's easier on me in some ways because I'm older and and I'm the senior senior pastor. Um, <laughs> but I want the message to be yours. I want I, well, actually I want it to be what God gave to you, what God's leading you in. But that also doesn't mean that we don't refine it or we don't have to make it sometimes a change. Yeah. I have had times, I, I don't want to take all the time on me, but I, I've had uh, over the years, not many, but I've had some times where I did the sermon and everyone looked at me like, that is just horrible. You know, it's not good. They don't say it, but it's on their face. And it's like, okay, we're not doing that one at all. Like we threw the whole thing out. Um, but I feel like in those moments, I look back and go, thank you, God. Thank you for that moment. And also, I, it, it makes me own when it wasn't good, which I feel like is important in leadership. You have to own when it wasn't good. Yeah. So I think last time I spoke on the stage, I gave my message and message prep with you guys, and I gave the whole message, and I was excited about it. I thought it was really good. And you, right when I was done, you actually, you spent probably 10, 15 minutes just talking about how, wow, that was an awesome message. I really like this point. I really like what you did. And I was thinking, I was like, man, I crushed it. Good job, Sawyer. <laughs> and then you're like, but it's nothing like what we want. So I want you to rewrite it and give us another one next week. And you basically, y'all were like, you, you were super life-giving. And, and, uh, but ultimately, you were like, but this is not what we want. So rewrite it. Come back next week. And you didn't take away the opportunity. You corrected me with love. You, empower, you, you encouraged me with it, which is really cool. But then, yeah, you corrected me. You were like, all right, well, let's, let's redo it. And by the time I went back up on stage, I was confident in the message I had because, like Steve was saying, it had gone through so many years and had so many uh, spiritual opinions on it. And, and so I love that process for sure. It's yeah. humbling, but it's, it's, it's good. And I love your being willing to share that because I remember that too. And I remember uh, that what you came away with in the end was so incredible. I mean, you had to feel it. You had to feel like, man, God's using this, you know, and using me. And, and that was cool. Go ahead, Noah. I think what we picked up on is that we've created a great environment for feedback. I remember those sermon preps. I used to be terrified and wanted to throw up every time I went into it because I didn't know what to think. I think the first time I preached a message in that context, I finished it like in nine minutes. And it was like a 40-minute yeah. message. And, and Chuck kind of just scratched his beard and was like, wow. You read scripture really well. That's <laughs> that was his, his kind way of saying that was really quick. Okay, now let's tear it apart. But 
I think that um, as leaders, we need feedback and we need to create great environments. And I believe Crossroads has that. Uh, as far as being empowered and encouraged to do ministry, I felt that that's part of it. You guys give me great feedback, but you've empowered me. You took a risk on me and uh, you trusted me with two areas of the church. Uh, at one point, it was junior high. Now it's with college young adults and Spanish. And I've never felt micromanaged. I think that every time I have a one-on-one -on -one with Talia, she always makes me better. And I leave those meetings like feeling like I could change the world. Yeah. And she, she does. She does give me yeah. feedback on things that are good, but also things that I could be better on. And I think for that, it's made me better and it's made me more of a critical thinker. Okay, this to me is really energizing for me because <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that, that you guys, that's happening for you. So now when you look at your area and you're trying to pour into other young leaders, uh, what do you think are some things that you intentionally want to instill in them? What are some things so that they can be equipped, energized, and empowered? So you're looking at them and thinking, um, I, I, I don't want to miss this. I don't want to miss that. Like, uh, I, just to kind of almost spur you on, you know, clearly I look for servant leadership. I look yeah. for the idea of saying, you're not here to, you're here to serve others. How, who are you serving? How are you serving them? What needs are you meeting? How are you making their lives better? And so I want that kind of intentionality. You guys know, I want you to be doing that. And, uh, so what are some things you look at and think, I really want to see this occur? Uh, go ahead, Noah. Uh, as much as I love, I love that I get to preach the word. I love that I get to teach and study. Uh, but I love watching when someone walks through the church and they realize they have a place. Uh, Ephesians 4 says that our role is to equip the saints. And one of the things that I look for is, yeah, a servant, a servant posture, but also who's bearing fruit. And sometimes, sometimes they don't even know like the, how powerful they are. And I'm able to like call that out in them. Like, Hey, have you ever thought about investing in the kingdom and using your gifts? Cause every, I believe in my opinion that everyone should have a place in the church. And I remember uh, if I could share a story, uh, there was a guy that came that was super on fire for the Lord and we didn't have a place for him. And his role was to turn a light switch on and off every time worship would start. The guy was so excited about that light switch that later went to Bible college, finished and ended up in ministry. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, and I believe that too. I believe everybody has a place. I also think in leadership, one of the hardest things, you guys, is when someone we know is in the wrong place. It doesn't mean they don't have value. It doesn't mean they're not amazing at something else. But sometimes they don't want to let go of that. And I'm like, okay, I want to lovingly let you know that what you think is good is not as good as you think it is. And how can we, because you, you could be great at something. And as a matter of fact, I'd say this, that good is the enemy of great. And so sometimes being good and we're saying, but the, where's your greatness? Where's your great, greatness going to be? And then helping them get there without crushing them, you know, is my, that's the job of a leader. You shouldn't crush, you don't squelch, but you, you help them course correct. Course correct is one of my favorite uh, lines, right, Tracy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like to course correct. But anyway, Stephen. I think, uh. Something I look for, so we have two interns in junior high right now, and one we had four, and the biggest thing for me when I'm looking for people that are going to be serving on our team or interning, um, I'm looking for humility, and uh, yeah. I want to see that you're willing to be uh, coached, because there's a lot of coaching that has to be done, there's a lot of teaching that has to be done, there's a lot of learning and growth that has to happen, and, um, and so our guys, I, I could confidently say they are the most teachable yeah, people good. in the world, and yeah. uh, just the difference in a year it's made when they started to now. And I'm not the greatest leader in the world, but just to see them and like, we kind of have our own little sermon prep in junior high where we do the same exact thing where if they're going to preach, they got to preach the message to a team of people so we could give feedback. 
but it's awesome because it, it gives them energy and they're like, oh my gosh, this is so much better than anything I would have dreamed or imagined. And so I look for humility, servant leadership. One of the biggest mm-hmm. things for me when, when I wanted to be a leader, when I was in youth ministry, I just had graduated and my youth pastor was like, you're going to be an apprentice. And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but that sounds cool. Yeah. And what my role was, I wasn't ready to be a full-fledged leader because I wasn't an adult yet. Um, but he told me, you're going to stack chairs. You're going to get ready. You're going to prepare the room. And so we swept, we stacked chairs, me and my friend, and he walked us through what leadership meant. And that's what I'm looking for in terms of leadership. On People on my team, I want to make sure that you're willing to dive into the trenches with everybody and not just want you know, to be on the main stage in front of everybody. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And matter of fact, it's interesting because whether I've got the story accurate or not, it's etched in my mind that Greg Laurie, who's got to be without a doubt one of the key leaders, great leaders ever, uh, he went to Chuck Smith and said, I want to be on staff. I want to be a pastor. I want to. And Chuck Smith told him, yeah, come to the office on Monday. And on Monday, he took out the trash. And then they gave him a mop and he got them off the floors and uh, he loved it. And he just kept doing what a servant leader does, you know, and it wasn't to demean him. It was to say, you know, with everyone starts by serving in whatever position you get to serve in. And so um, I think that's why Greg Laurie became Greg Laurie, to be honest. And, and he did it with such joy. So I love that. Sawyer. That's awesome. Uh, both these guys hit it. I mean, perfectly. I think You guys may agree with me, may not, but I think one of the hard parts about student ministry is to have leaders who are energized. Talking about these three things, the equipping, the empowering, the energizing. Energizing leaders when it comes to student ministry is a little difficult because they have, whether it's work or some of our leaders are in college or some whatever it is, or parents maybe, and then for them to spend their limited free time with crazy mid-puberty high school students. It's just like, it's, it's, it's hard to do and to get them like excited about it. So one of the things that we've done that's really worked as far as energizing leaders that I think is important for, for any leader is to, to um, shout out to celebrate our leaders that go above and beyond. So we have this belt every week and it's a custom HSM belt and it's, it signifies who won the week. And one thing that we do every single Tuesday night is we get the belt and we give it to the person who we say won the week for our ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they represented God. They went above and beyond in our four pillars, loving God, loving people, growing and being bold in their faith. Oh yeah! And it really, really energizes our leaders. Even the ones that don't get it, get excited. Like if I, I don't want to say it right now, but if I, if I mention the person who's going to win it tonight for our team, the team, if we have any team members who are watching this are probably like, Oh, that's awesome. I can't wait for that. Cause it really does. They, they get excited and they get behind celebrating the leaders that go above and beyond. Um, there's no monetary value to the, to the belt. There's nothing like that. It's really just a cultural thing of like, let's just celebrate the people who are, who are doing good and, and living out their calling in God. And so that, that really helps energize our leaders for sure. No, I could see that too. And I like the idea it's not everybody gets a trophy. <laughs> and you know what else is such I saw your arm. I didn't even know you were doing that. I think it's an awesome idea. And I like the idea that it does give the people who don't win a chance to really appreciate and cheer on someone else. And so that to me is leadership growth too. Because if it always has to be about me winning or me getting the attention, then I'm not going to be a great leader. I, I mean, at all. And if I can't celebrate, you know, someone else or you guys can't, and you guys do a great job celebrating other people, then you're never going to get to where you need to be. Now, um, do you guys find it uh, uh, a part of you, a part of leadership that you look for people who are hungry? Uh, oh, where yeah. does hunger come in to all this? Yes. Yeah, I, uh, 
I do. There's there's a hunger to learn, um, a hunger to want to make a difference. And uh, I've noticed that, like, my role, obviously, I, I feel that my team makes me better. Uh, they really do. Uh, there's There's this hunger. Like, for example, people get excited about spreadsheets, and I'm like, go for it, man. Yeah. I want to empower them to use that. But I, I do look for... Uh, for hunger in in a leader, um, uh, hunger to learn, a hunger to uh, really just want to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's important. Um, what else? I'm going to pass that on to you right now as I ponder that that hunger because it's slipping my mind right now. Um, one of the things that that I love, one of my favorite things. Sorry, I didn't want to steal from you. No, I was, no, excited. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I was excited about this. One of my favorite things is one of my leaders comes to me and asks me if they can do something. Like instead of me having to go to my leaders and say, "Hey, can you do this? Can you do that?" I'll have a leader every once in a while be like, "Hey, can I give this devotional to my students? Hey, hey, can I go play kickball in the park with my guys this week? Is that allowed?" And it's like I love the fact that I'm not having to ask you guys to do something intentional with your students outside of HSM. I love the fact that you are hungry to do it and you're mm. asking if it's allowed. If you're, and, and uh, to me, that's, that's energizing for me. Like the fact that, that they're hungry to do stuff. Yeah. It, I, lo- it I really love that. Sawyer. And I just, I just regained my thought because I, I feel that at times our team, they're like 10 steps ahead of me. If something needs to happen, I'll ask a question and they're like so hungry for it that it's already done. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I'm all oh, you're all over it. Praise God for that, you know. And I, I feel that it's it's a drive that, and I don't know if it's developed in someone. I, I think some of it's innate, but there's also a part that um, that people get to see needs before you even like have to bring them up. And I think that's part of the hunger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Stephen. I think for me, uh, when when I hear hungry, I think of my team and how like they're willing to do whatever it takes it doesn't matter what that looks like and so we throw like these rad events which stands for a really awesome day and before COVID we're throwing it on school campuses and like our team would leave work to be there they would yeah. take their lunch break at the school to be there and that's what I'm looking for you know it's not a requirement to serve in junior high ministry there are all these people would be like dude I don't have time for that um but I love that and I look forward to that where I'm like I see that and I'm like dude that is incredible, and I love that you have that drive and you're willing to do whatever it takes. And for me as their leader, I want to make them better. And so I don't want them to just be great junior high small group leaders, but how can I make them better parents one day, better dads, That's better good. wives, better you know, husbands? That's what I'm looking for in terms of like, that's what I'm hungry for. I want to help them grow and not just like, great, you graduated being a junior high leader. Awesome. You gained experience in that area. But how could I help them grow in, in their leadership? Yeah, and I love that. I love that. And when I use the word hungry, uh, to me, part of what that is is, is the difference between uh, if I have to do it or I want to do it. Yeah. That's what you guys are alluding to. Because if I'm hungry for it, man, you're, I'm, you're not going to stop me. I'm going to throw myself and do more and do more. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I just love when I see people who have this hunger, hunger to learn, hunger for the Lord, hunger for the word. My favorite is hunger for the word. Yeah. I love it when they can't get enough, uh, you know, and they're just it's, like studying yeah. like crazy. That's so good because it's easier to guide someone that's already moving than having to, come on, man. Like, are you coming today? Are you on time? And people that get there early and they're like just going for it. I think that's it's easier to kind of just guide them and direct them. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And very often we use the word a lot. I use the word a lot around here. Passion. I want people passionately committed to Christ, cause community. I want them passionate about what they do, passionate Mm -hmm. about life. One of my words that I think should be a cuss word. You ready? You guys don't, (laughs) you guys don't know this. All right. Cuss word, Lauren. I'm going to cuss. Marlon, Tracy, I'm about to cuss. You can't edit it out. It's the word. You ready? You ready? Okay. (laughs) 
When I go, how you doing? <laughs> okay. I'm like, what's bad? <laughs> like, you can't be all right. You, what's okay? Nobody wants to be okay. You want to be great, awesome, incredible. And uh, I just, anyway, okay, I cussed. <laughs> awesome. I cussed. All right. <laughs> so, hey, any last thoughts on leadership you want to share with people? Well, I'll actually, so just to kind of expand on that last little thought that you had about the hunger for the word. And I think you always, you do talk about passion and commitment and just to even shout out once again, the culture of Crossroads and even your leadership and how it just trickles down. Um, I have a girl who's, she's about to enter on as, as, uh, an intern at HSM. Um, it'll be the first intern that I've had. That's, that's one thing that Talia's challenged me to grow in my leadership, but, um, she was a student, um, all the way up, I believe starting in junior high. I'm not really sure when she started. Um, when I first got here, she was a senior in high school. Now, she's in uh, college at at California Baptist down the road. She's now going to be my intern. And when I asked her um, to write out what she wanted out of the internship, I basically was like, because we have a big internship culture. I got this from you actually um, of of our internships are less about what they can give us, but what we can give them. Yeah. So I was like, McKenna, what what do you want out of this internship? When you leave the end of the semester, what do you want to have gained? Mm -hmm. And she basically listed out like five big things. Four of them had the word scripture or Bible or word of God in it. And I was like, that's a, that's a crossroads person right there. Like they have grown up in this church and it's cool. It's just crazy. Like, uh, I ask you what you want and four of your five things involve getting to yeah. know the word more, making it more applicable, learning how to, how to dig deeper and get more context, how to make it more relatable to non-Christians. I'm like, that, that's crazy. Like the fact that we have this girl who grew up in Crossroads Church and the moment that she has a chance to pretty much be on staff, she just asked for a whole lot of stuff involving the word. And I think that's awesome. That just shows your leadership in our culture at Crossroads. Well, I appreciate that. It's McKenna, huh? Oh, yeah, McKenna she'll, Wells, she'll be yeah. awesome. Yeah. She'll be really, really good. Yeah, she's, she's sharp. She quit her job to do this internship. Wow, yeah, man. she was going to do school, a job in the internship. And, and we were like, all right, we'll, we'll work on it, see how it works. And then I called her the other day, and she's like, I just, the Lord, uh, I really feel like he's calling me to this internship, so, so I quit my job. And, and I'll Uber Eats when I can, but, but and just, it's oh. just like crazy. It just shows her heart that, that she's committed. So I love that. Yeah, and hunger. That was hunger, hunger. man. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I will say uh, to anyone watching who is a leader, you don't have to be a leader here only at church. We're called to be leaders in our homes. We're called to be leaders with our families. We're called to be exude leadership in anything that we do and anything that God has called us to. Um, and so I don't want to limit it to only here, but no matter what it is, you know, we should always be looking at people who've gone before us. And so that's why I love what you started with that first question with like, who do you look for? Like, who do you look at that's not in this room? A lot of us would say you, Pastor Galen, we would look at Talia. Mm-hmm. Like we look at people who've gone before us because that's what leaders do. We want to grow. We want to strive to be better than we were. And something I always tell our interns is, I want my ceiling to be their floor. And so I want them to be better than me. And I heard that from, shout out to Brian Houston, I think it was. I don't know who it was. But, But that's what it is. I want them to be way better than I am. And I want them to be way more equipped than I was when I first started out in ministry. And so that's kind of how I lead my team and how I lead our interns as well. That's awesome. Yeah, you bring up a good point. I think that if we're not being challenged as leaders, we're not going to be able to lead people beyond that. And again, whoever's watching online, I think it's important to surround yourself with people that are better than you and that are going to stretch you and challenge you. I think that's one of the keys to a great leader. You have a posture of humility and you're wanting to learn. And uh, whoever you are, whether you're a student, a father, a mother, whatever, uh, you have influence and God's given us a stewardship to be able to use that to lead others. And uh, I tell that to my team all the time as well 
that we need to make sure that we have that posture to want to get better, make it better, make it better, make it better. And I do always lead them to this as well. I say I care more about you, your spiritual walk with God than anything you'll ever do for ministry because if that's not okay, nothing else matters. So make sure you make the main thing the main thing. And I would say that to anyone watching that that should be the one thing and everything else should be an overflow from your connection with the Lord and everything he's called you to do. Uh, And when it comes to developing leaders, I know that my role is not only to lead them, uh, but to also have the humility to learn from them. And, um, and also, uh, I'm reminded that um, they're not there just to do what I want them to do. They're there so that I could disciple them and invest in them and pour into them. So that's really, really, really good. And I agree with that. All that, all the, all three of you guys said, but I like that idea that whenever we're a great leader, if, if we are, uh, one of the signs would be we're also there to learn from the people we're with, mm-hmm. you know, to really listen, to really learn. And I think we all agreed we're going to learn from Lauren about That's dress, right, yeah. about how to be fashion. Steve so, already has. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, hey, it's a win today. We're all going to learn from a great leader, right? Yeah. So I think that's just extra fun. Man, I love you, all three of you guys, very, very much. I, I pray for you all the time. Um, I'm up there with your biggest fans. I, I hope you guys know that. Whenever I get a chance to watch what you're doing, which now with online more than ever, um, I get to see that. And I love the fruit that God's blessing you with in this season. Uh, and so I just, I think one of my favorite days of the week is Monday when I get to hear the great stories of what happens in your area of ministry and, and beyond. So uh, we are blessed to have these three guys on our staff, these three men of God on our staff, who I know God is using now to make a great difference. But I also know that none of the three have reached their limits. They're all three going to go further. They're all three going to go higher. They're all three going to do more. But here's the key. They're not going to do more because they want to do it for themselves. They all three want to do it for Jesus. Because in the end, we would lay down everything for him. And uh, I I love being with people like that. So uh, that includes Sawyer for sure and Stephen for sure and Noah and Marlon for sure and Tracy and and then, of course, Lauren. She got a lot of highlight today. Hey, we will be uh, talking next week about one of the most important aspects of leadership. And it's this. You need to look for three kinds of people who, uh, according to Malcolm Gladwell, will create a tipping point to cause you to catapult forward and make change in ways that are beyond you. And uh, I believe you'll find that that Malcolm, who's a Christian, by the way, saw something through his research that the Bible actually highlights, maybe with a little different terminology. But whenever I talk about leadership, I always talk about going and finding each of these kind of people and then equipping, energize, and empower them because they create more, the most amazing change ever. And so we're going to talk about that. So it'd be interesting between now and then if you, you could Google it. <laughs> I don't know if you could guess. <laughs> you don't have to guess. You could Google. But it's a great thing to know. Uh, and I want you to know it. So I will see you next week on Tuesday for the podcast. Tomorrow night, we're digging into what it means to be a disciple. On Wednesday night, we're going deep in that. We're going really seriously on that, how to be the best disciple you can be of Jesus and live out discipleship. And then Sunday, we come back with the book of James, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, what to do when you're in the pit and how prayer makes a very real difference when you're there. So we'll, we'll see you later. God bless you guys, and have a great week.